Hello, this is Nerd Cage Live, and we just wanted to thank you for listening to this audio-only version of the show. And be sure to subscribe here and over on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash nerdcagelive. You're now about to witness the strength of geek knowledge. Hello and welcome. That's right. Once again, you are trapped in Nerd Cage Live. This channel is a celebration of all things pop culture, including New York Hardcore, baby. So please, if you're new to the channel, hit that like button and subscribe. Share it with everyone you know because it helps us more than you know. I'm your co-host, Jay St. G, certified geek, seven days a week, coming to you live from yours truly. The land of Tom Cruise, the land of Earth Crisis, the land of Anthrax, the land of the Orange, rest in peace Jim Brown, Syracuse, New York, and always among us, it's our moderator and troll hammer, stronger than the DK banana salmon, you can't stop it, you can't crop it, you can't top it, like a B-52 bomber like Oppenheimer, he's gonna drop it, born from the atomic seed in the titanium womb. He's the Nerd Cage Live Gaming Profits Joe from Fall One Gaming. And tonight's special guest, oh my god, from Stone Films NYC, the New York Hardcore Chronicles. This man is a hardcore musician formerly of Antidote NYC, now of Incinerated Device. He comes from a lineage of filmmakers. His father, Arnie Stone, is an Oscar winner. Ladies and gentlemen of Nerd Cage Nation, it is my distinct honor and pleasure to welcome the one and only Drew Stone from Manhattan. How's it going, my dude? Well, thank you for having me, and thank you for, for the enthusiasm. And, uh, I'm looking forward to having some fun with you guys. <laughs> and Absolutely. It's past, and, it's fucking, and it's past my fucking bedtime, so, you know, I, don't, I usually don't do these things at night, but... I love your show and I love what you guys bring. So, so let's get it on. Let's all right, it. all right. I appreciate yeah. it. Appreciate it. And now, Joe, yeah, before yeah. we go any further, who do we got in the chat tonight? We have a loaded chat tonight. We have Ray Hogan. We have Artara 11. We have Shea Smithers, Doomzilla, and probably a ton of lurkers. <laughs> all right. We appreciate that, everybody. All right, so before we get started here, uh, I just want to give the floor to Drew for uh, just a moment here. Um, I know you, you run the New York Hardcore Chronicles. You got some you got some filming and screenings coming up, so I just want to give you the floor for just a moment here. Promote whatever you want, promote your friend, and, and tell everybody where you're from, what you do. I'm an American-born filmmaker and musician. Grew up in a musical household and a film household. I'm the host of the New York Hardcore Chronicles Live. I've been in a bunch of bands, including the High and the Mighty, Antidote, currently Incendiary Device. I'm a filmmaker. I had a whole career doing music videos, and those are some of the gold records back there. Had a whole career doing extreme sports films. I was a tour manager. I was a manager. Um, I've been on many stages, held many mics, took airplane flights, done a lot of stuff. Uh, I have a uh, I'm in the midst, I'm in currently in production of doing a documentary for a band called Biohazard. And um, I'm in pre-production with a dramatic film called Finders Keepers. Uh, and that's just for starters. So a lot of shit going on in my life, always. 
And you also nice. have a uh, your YouTube channel, Stone Films NYC, which links in the description, people. Uh, you yep. do the New York Hardcore Chronicles show typically on Sundays and Wednesdays. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, do the, I, I do the new. I'm the host of the New York Hardcore Chronicles live, usually on Sundays. If I if, if there's a reason for not a Sunday, then it's bookended by two Wednesdays. But the New York Hardcore Chronicles live uh, has been around for a couple years now. Um, we're heading towards our 300th show. Um, we've had a lot of people on, and uh, it's a beloved show. And for that, I'm very grateful. Absolutely, and I just want to give everybody a background. I mean, you've interviewed like. I remember recently you did uh, Chris Jericho. Um, yeah. Obviously, Evan from Biohazard, that was a great show. Uh, you recently mm -hmm. had the gentleman that, uh, forgive me, I forgot his name, but he directed the uh, Alice in Chains videos. And, uh, Paul Rackman. Uh, Paul Rackman, the film. Yeah. He directed the, yeah, he directed the film American Hardcore. A lot of people went on show, from Moby to the Sepultura brothers to the Biohazard guys. So a lot, a lot of the New York hardcore usual suspects, Vinny Stigma, Jimmy G, Roger Moret, uh, lots of actors, lots of actresses, lots of authors. Uh, it's a show that really took off during the pandemic and uh, really established itself. And, uh, you know, I, I'm still doing it and uh, I still love doing it. That's yes. amazing. So you're living the dream. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> absolutely and that's mentioned i've been living i've been living the dream a long time yes you, you know? have you've had a very storied career between music and films and you know documentaries so I've, like I've i said lived, it's i've lived a couple of dreams i've been very fortunate that um you know I, i've done a lot of the things that i dreamed about as a kid and that i set out to do like i said i've i've uh you know i've, I've had a career as a musician i've had a career as a filmmaker i've had a career as you know uh, as a talk show host as a, I've, I've done a lot of stuff i've been very very fortunate that I, i've uh been able to really uh, chase my dreams and 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 uh really uh live them somewhat excellent excellent all right uh actually we'll, joe we'll get to we'll promote ourselves a little bit later i actually really want to get into some really uh some uh questions here and I, 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 if there's questions in the chat let us know joe will handle the questions and whatnot uh but for yep. starters drew what was the moment i'm dying to know what was the moment in your life you decided you want to be a filmmaker well i don't i don't know if there was a moment i grew up in a in a in a, in a household uh, that was film was part of our, our my uh, part of, of, of our of our life. My dad was was a, uh, a film director, you know, so I grew up with my dad directing commercials and I grew up on film sets. And um, I was thinking about this, I think just today is that like going to the movies and movies were a big part of, of my life growing up. Like it's something that me and my dad and my family did constantly this was a constant thing just sort of the, the the culture of like going to the movies you know and um and and i think i think for a lot of people that can be said that you know movies were a big part but you know not only did i have that with my dad and my family but you know a lot of my close friends growing up you know movies were just movies were a big part of it and like i said you know uh, growing up on film sets with my dad, um, there, there's pictures of me, you know, as a child on film sets. Um, so at a young age, you know, and I saw my dad um, 
working with actors and stuff like that. So I wanted to be an actor for, for a long time. And, uh, you know, as a teenager, I, I, I acted in, you know, in, in summer camp and, and things. And I did some modeling as, as, a, as a kid and as a teenager. And then I went to Emerson College in Boston to study acting. And, um, you know, at that point, you know, uh, that sort of was my, was what I was thinking. But what happened to me when I went to Emerson College in Boston was I ended up meeting somebody like my first day there. And he sort of, he, I ended up getting into the hardcore thing. He brought me to my first hardcore show. And then I fell in with hardcore music. And, and what really, band was that? The first band I ever saw? Yeah, that the hard, yeah, what what hardcore band? Yeah, I was gonna ask what hardcore band got you into the scene. It was a band called SSD Control, SSD. You know, uh, a, a Boston, uh, uh, very influential Boston hardcore band. I ended up going to like a real small like art space. There was like twenty kids there, and um, saw them play, and like it like it was a total watershed moment, and it just it it changed my life. It changed my life completely. I fell in with. Um, you know, the Boston crew and shaved my head and got into all that. And then, you know, got into a band soon after that. So, so my acting, the, I, I didn't really have the discipline, you know, to, to, um, I didn't have the discipline and focus to really, uh, commit myself and adhere myself to, to, to being an, you know, studying acting at Emerson college. It was like, it was too much for me. I was young, I was immature, I wanted a party, and I was part of this fucking happening music scene that was blowing the fuck up, and and, that, and, and it just seemed, it just seemed like um, that's the way to go, but, but, and I might, be, I might be getting in front of uh, our interview here, but as part of the story, you know, for me, um, job, always meant something in the film business, right? So even as a teenager, I worked in movie equipment rental houses and um, I uh, worked on film sets as like a production assistant. But like, you know, as a teenager, I worked in a movie equipment rental house. I learned how to drive, you know, film trucks. I, I learned how to fix the equipment. So job, always meant something in the film business, even when I was in bands and this and that. And so I was, a, and then I was a stage manager on a couple film stages in New York. You know, nice. I was a boom man, you know, I was a boom man, I worked crews. So for me, like job always meant like something in the film business, even when I was like chasing a fantasy of trying to make it like in a fucking band, you know? Yeah. So I, I was always very connected uh, to the film business. You know, my, my dad, um, you know, in those years was still directing and I was on a lot of his sets. And so I was always somewhat connected and then really got connected to it in, in a sort of a roundabout way. And that was through hardcore and through music when things came around. But you know, that, that's a little bit of a, of a different, another story. I don't know if we want to go there yet, you know? Oh, absolutely, man. We, no, we're, we're, oh. we're all here to hear your stories, Drew. Like I said, this is okay, an honor. So yeah, so, so what happened was, so I went to Boston, I studied acting at Emerson. I kind of crapped out of college. I got into a band called the Mighty CEOs, which was a hardcore band. Uh, but the hand played out in Boston and I came back to New York. When I came back to New York, 
I started a band called The High and the Mighty, which was a straight New York hardcore band, played venues like A7 and CBGB's. From being in The High and the Mighty, I joined one of my favorite bands, a band called Antidote, right? Yeah. So I joined Antidote in 1984. And so I was in Antidote constantly, constantly playing shows. And one of the bands that we played with was a band called Chromax. Yes! And Chromags, Chromags guitar player, Paris Mayhew, um, I, I became friends with. And uh, he was going to, I think, the new school here in New York. And he was, he was studying, uh, he was learning how to be a cameraman and this and that. And at that time, I was a stage manager uh, for a film stage here in New York called 3G's. Where they did a lot, we did a lot of hip hop videos, a lot of a lot of great shit was done. Cindy Lauper, Shebop was done there. Um, you know, Big Daddy Kane, I do work, and and so I was the stage manager on the stage, and playing with a lot of bands. Harris Mayhew came to me and said, "Hey, this band asked me to do a music video. I don't know. I'd like to do it. I'm not sure how to put it together." Do you want to do it with me? Do you want to produce it? So to make a long story short, basically, well, well wait, wait, let me just back it up a second. So, so my boss in the film stage said to me, if you rent out any of this equipment on the stage, because, you know, a film stage has the lights and the stands and all the shit, right? Oh, yeah. So, so my boss, Gabe DiRienzo, said, if you rent any of the equipment outside the, the stage, outside the building, I'll split it with you. So I, I had a van at the time, and you know my brother would come to town and he'd have, he'd have a little shoot, and I'd throw a couple lights and a couple stands in. And so I, I did a couple jobs, and I saved up enough money to incorporate my production company, right? So I incorporated Stone Films NYC, right? So I had, I, 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 you know, I cobbled it together, and I, you know, connected with a lawyer, and I formed Stone Films NYC, right? Wow. To do a couple, to do a couple little jobs, this, that, and the other thing, right? The next thing, I saved my pennies, and just, just as it, just as the, the, the things lined up, Paris Mayhew came to me and said, "Hey, I got this music video. Do you want to produce it?" Right at that moment, and I said, "Well, you know, what's, what's the band? It was a band called Biohazard, right?" And the video, and the video was for a song called Punishment, right? So right, there you go. So right at that moment, I had enough money to buy the million dollar insurance policy that you need in New York City in order to rent camera gear. I'm talking real camera gear. And in order to get a permit from the mayor's office to shoot. So right at that moment, I, I got the insurance Paris comes on board. We contract the record label through Stone Films NYC, and we do Biohazard Punishment. I love Biohazard. that video. Love that yeah. video. Iconic black and video. white. You, got, you guys are on the Brooklyn Bridge, then black and white. Yeah. I mean, that shit was dope, man. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. and if I'm not mistaken, that, that got airplay on uh, Headbangers Ball, right? Yeah, oh. That, 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 got, um, that got played on on Headbangers Ball and, and unprecedented four, uh, 14 weeks in a row. 
which was which was unheard of, and that was due partially due to Ricky Rackman, who yep. who was who was who was hosting um, Headbangers Ball at the time. Yep, he, um, yeah, he really loved the band, and he he really did what he could to to you know to get it uh, played, and so it did an unprecedented fourteen weeks in a uh, in a row. It was it was a big success. So as it was sort of hitting its stride. Biohazard was managed by a company called Rush Management, which was uh, Russell Simmons, Def Jam, and, and a couple other people. And not only did Rush Management manage Biohazard, but they also managed a group called Onyx. Yes, right? I was hoping to get to that. So, Real quick, our buddy Mad right. Mike's in the chat, and he's a diehard Onyx fan. So Mad Mike, here you right? go, man. Yes, Mike, Hi, Mike, you're still in the chat. So, so this Onyx, is the story, here we go. Mike. So. Rush Management had the perspective to say, you know what? Let's get the Rock and Roll White Boys to do the Onyx Slam video, right? So we do the Onyx Slam video, and it blows through the roof. It goes to number one on MTV. The whole thing goes double fucking platinum, and it becomes a huge, it becomes a huge success. And then, then we were just on a roll after that. After that, we did Run DMC, Ooh, What You Gonna Do?, and then a little farther up, you could see Typo Negative Black Number One up there. Great uh, we video. Did, we, did, we, we did Typo Negative. And so we just went on this incredible run after that. Um, you know, video after video after video. We did, you know, we did Onyx Slam. We, we just we just sort of went, we did Biohazard Punishment, Onyx Slam, Run DMC, Typo Negative. Then we did Biohazard Shades of Grey. We did Onyx uh, Shifty. And then we did Biohazard and Onyx slam together. Then we did King's X Dogman. Uh, we did Insane Clown Posse, Chicken Hunting. Um, we did, you know, Monster Voodoo Machine. We, we, we went on this incredible run for a couple of years uh, doing music videos. And then, now, did you guys? I'm sorry to interrupt, but did you, did you did you guys also do did you also do the Judgment Night music video with uh, Onyx and Biohazard? No, but but that is. A Judgment Night Gold record that I have. Yes, I see. Um, it's the best soundtrack of all time. Yeah. Best soundtrack yeah, of all time. Now we didn't we didn't direct the Judgment Night video, but Biohazard um, gave me a, a gold record because I was very much involved with that band at the time. Uh, although we didn't do the video, I was somewhat involved in it on the Biohazard end, sort of um, just giving advice, and and I was very involved with Biohazard. Uh, we ended up. Oh, we ended up doing for Biohazard. We did Punishment, Shades of Grey, Tales from the Hard Side, Great Slam video. with Onyx, yeah. and After Forever off the off the. Uh, oh, the Sabbath tribute! Yes. So, yeah, yeah, we did that too. So I did five videos for Biohazard on that run, and then I ended up um, road managing for them and uh, going yeah. on the road with them and and all that. So they're they're, they're a band that I was very much involved in. They 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 were kind enough. They wanted me to have a gold record. You know when that thing went gold, just because I was just so involved with the band. You know, that is nice. that is freaking awesome. Also, yeah. I just want to point out to you, Drew. Um, so I'm a straight edge, and mm -hmm. the main reason I decided to go straight edge uh, over—it's been 11 years now—was um, uh -huh. because of Billy Grazze Day. So is that right? Yes, I was. So when okay, so during that. That period of Biohazard, uh, over a decade ago, after when Evan left and Scott Roberts was filling in for Evan, uh, uh, I was hang I hung out with uh, Biohazard at um, 
what's that venue called in uh, uh, Poughkeepsie there? Uh, upstairs, the yeah. Chance. The Chance, yeah. So I went and saw Biohazard at the Chance, hung out with those dudes, and and I just said to Billy, like, hey, do you, you want to go get a shot real quick? And yeah, he's like, yo, but I don't drink, bro. And I'm just like, and they hit me like a wall of bricks, because, like, Billy's in an amazing shape. And I'm just like, all right, if I'm gonna, if I, as I get older and I still want to whoop ass like Billy does and be in that kind of shape, then I'm gonna go straight edge then. So, yeah. So, if Billy, if you happen to see this, and I think I've told you this before, uh, oh, I went straight edge because you're, of you. are in Europe right now. Yep, so. I know. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah. That's very exciting. By the way, can I just point out, because uh, we got to talk about that Biohazard concert in New York. Um, I'm happy mm. to see the four of them back together. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. I was there, by the way, Drew, I was there uh, when you did the New York Hardcore Chronicles live when you had Evan on, and you, and you cried, by the way, but I was he, there. He, does, he, he fucks me up. <laughs> I, and I saw the moment, I saw the moment you you had the chat ask, Biohazard, Bio, we want the Biohazard reunion, and I yeah. saw the look on Evan's face, and he's like, he was like thinking yeah. about it, and I'm just yeah. like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. You set it in motion, dude. Like, Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, it was I'm very, very, very much connected with them. Um, yeah. You know, very, very much. So it's, it's very, emo very emotional. The whole thing. Um, you know, I, I guess you know we could talk about it now. I mean, truth be told, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm. Oh, hang on. Announced yet? It will be. It will be soon. Um, but I'm working on a biohazard documentary. Yes. And. Uh, you know, I was out there in LA for the first rehearsals. I was in the room with the camera when they first came. Like, it was fucking heavy, man. It was really, really emotional. And uh, I was there in LA when they first got back together. And uh, then I was in Milwaukee for the first show. And then, of course, I was here in New York. You know, uh, in the band I'm in, Incendiary Device, played one of the shows with them in Irving Plaza. And then in between, the two Irving Plaza shows. They played Friday, they played Sunday. In between on the Saturday was a shoot day with me and the band out in the street. I don't want to mention like specific locations, uh, but yeah. we were in the old we were in the old neighborhood in Brooklyn and nice. talking about the hi history of the band and it was really great. So I'm really tied in with those guys. Um, you know, so so there's that. And you know what? I got a shout out I see in the chat room. I see some of my guys. I see RS70, who's a huge supporter, uh, and, and Ray Hogan. And, and RS70 mentions Madball too. Promags, I went on to, to not only produce, but direct. And I went on a run and I directed Agnostic Front Gotta Go, Madball Pride, Madball um, uh, Down by Law, uh, Sick yeah. of It All. You know the take, uh, you know blah 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 blah. Sub Zero and you know so I went on after that. I went on a run. I was like the king of hardcore videos there. Um, yeah. <laughs> wow, that's that's, that's an incredible run. That's definitely an incredible run, and it was kind of cool to you know see these bands peak at that time. And it's also cool to see that they're all still together or at least reunited. Yeah. And also Joe and I just want to uh, just just we just want to admire you for a second because like. We so we went and saw you uh, with Doggy Dog this past Sunday. That was um, great. Great it was show. just amazing that you were able to pack that house on a Sunday afternoon, early Sunday afternoon, and it was just everybody was in good spirits, and you hosted that shit 
Like, yeah, man. We just, we just like I'm I said, real, we I'm admire really, you for I'm all really that hard I'm work, really, man. Yeah, I'm really proud of those shows. Uh, a lot of hard work goes into it. Um, I have a couple guys that work with me, a guy named Larry Kelly, uh, Ray Hogan, and, and Tony Palmisano. Uh, we have a good team and really work hard. And, and, but what, what, I, what I really, what I really, my, my, what I really set out to do with those shows is not, not to be like, not to be steeped in nostalgia, but what I really want, want the table that I wanted to set with those shows was create an environment that was what I remember near and dear to me, which was the CBGB matinees, which yeah. happened like right, which happened right down the block. So I wanted to do a matinee on the Bowery, and thankfully our patron Saint uh, Jesse Mallon, who's a co-owner of the club, you know, really enabled enabled you know us to do that. So they're free, free, all ages Sunday matinees, and. You know they they really have some momentum and it's it's really like quite an environment and we really yes, kind of created this we created created this environment and i've said it many times nothing brings me more joy than those shows and i also just want to say incendiary device knocked it out of the park that's my second time seeing uh you and incendiary device play uh first time was at the biohazard concert uh last month uh, well, uh two months ago it was june uh, but also, we do have some dog eat dog fans in the chat uh, because we did yeah. have Dave Niebuhr on the, on the show last year. I, he's I, I, lo I, I I love those guys. Um, back to back to you know all roads run through Biohazard. Yeah. You know I went I was on the road a, a big European tour in 1994. Um, it was Biohazard dog eat dog downset, and like I spent like you know, a month on the road with Doggy Dog in 94 and, and been friends with those. Yo, do you have, do you have that picture I sent you? Could you put up the picture on the show of the tapes that I sent yes. you? Yes, got it right here, boom. It's on the screen yeah. right now. Oh yeah, I don't see it. Do I not Well, it's cause there's a things? delay, there's it's a delay. delay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Be up in a second. <laughs> All right, so we'll just, so cause there's some, some, uh, the backstory that ties into those tapes it's, yep. it's kind of cool you know yep got them all right there i i can, I can faintly see the, them labeled there handwriting there says biohazard on the tapes there yep i see it is it is it coming up on the screen uh it's yeah it's on up. screen right now it's on screen right now it just is. hasn't just showed up on the feed yet okay i don't see it but i'm gonna assume it's on yep. it's on the screen um yep, it is so those tapes right those tapes are um th th this um, I see Doomzilla said classic VHS. Those aren't VHS <laughs> tapes. Those are high eight tapes. And and on that Biohazard Doggy Dog Downset tour in 1994, I had a high eight camera, and I shot all this incredible footage. Also, I was with Biohazard when they when they recorded the State of the World Address album at A&M Studio in Hollywood, and nice. I had all I had all these tapes. So I carried those tapes around me for 30 years through everything, you know, when I had to move, when I had to do this, when I got ran out of town, you know, all, 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 all this kind of shit. I, ca I, I carried that box, you know, of tapes. So when it, when it came, when it came time, when it came time to do this, I, I always knew I, ha I had this footage. When it came time, when the biohazard thing got closer, I got on eBay and I bought a high eight camera. 
and I used the Hi8 camera as the player, and I, and, and I went and got a hard drive, and I dubbed all the footage methodically and meticulously. I, tra I transferred everything and labeled everything, and I was like, wow, there's some real shit here, some really great nice. stuff here. And uh, so that stuff is playing heavy into this biohazard documentary. Was some like, of it, and I gotta ask, was some of it from Dynamo 1995? No, I, 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 I was not at Dynamo 1995, and that Dynamo 1995 footage you could see on YouTube. Yep. And that, that was, in a lot of ways, that was a, a pinnacle for Biohazard. I was not at that 1995 show. Um, I was on a couple tours before that, but I, I couldn't even tell you what the reason is why I wasn't there at the time. But I, I wasn't at the night. And that, that was one of the last things they did with Bobby before Bobby left the band. Yeah. You know? uh, yep. Actually, yep. Uh, two things I want to bring up here. Actually, well, let me bring up. You just brought up Bobby. I, I, I'm, just, I'm just asking this for my own personal uh, curiosity. I just want to ask you this question This for you, Drew. What is your favorite Biohazard album that did not have Bobby in it? So basically, Mateleo from means to an end which is your favorite i wouldn't know i never listened to those records really mm -hmm. wow okay okay I, I i had to ask um yeah uh, yeah no i mean i mean oh no that's not true i'm sorry i'm sorry not true not true okay my my favorite record would be um new world disorder that Bobby i agree i'm 100 percent on board with that because I was around for that record, and that was Robis Cheveria playing guitar, yep. and Ed, Ed Stasium produced it, the same guy who produced State of the World Address, yeah. who of course produced the Ramones and the Smithereens and Living Color. That record was when they signed to a, a new major label, and there was some money behind it, and that yep. was a great, you know, another great, you know, big time recording session. That record. That record, I love that record. So that's, do that's I. Probably, that's probably my second favorite Biohazard record. Wow, okay. No, I, no, I was just curious. Uh, now, yeah, Joe... Uh, that, 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 um... You know, I resist the pressure sure, to, to be, be who, who I want to be. I love that. I love that record. I, I, I've listened to it recently. It sounds so good. Oh, yeah, so yeah, that, yeah. That, that, that album still fucking slaps hard. And uh, I love, and I love the very, the title track at the very end. And Sticky Fingers is in, oh, God. Yo, love it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, but but also what you said about Mataleo. Yeah. To me, that was a little tough because Bobby left the band. And then they went and did the record as like the three of them. You know, yep. and it's like whenever a band like loses a guy and doesn't replace him and just goes and does the record, you know, like that record was sort of it was missing a big element, you know? Yeah, no, no, I, I agree. Even though I really love authority, um Yeah, but, but they never they never recorded they never recorded with Scott Roberts, right? Yes and no. Scott Roberts played guitar on Means to an End. Mm. And right. And right. before Scott right. Roberts quit, they were recording an album, but it, obviously it's been scrapped. So we'll never see the light. That album will probably never see the light of day. Whatever tracks they got done, we'll never see the light of day. There are photos out there on the internet. They didn't record any tracks for that. No, no, there's photos. There, there's photos of Scott. They did the photos of them in, them in pre-production. 
Okay, they never, yeah. They never started recording that record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know, I know it didn't with, happen. Before but... they split with Scott. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now I wanted to go back to Dog Eat Dog real quick, and Joe, back me up on this because we have some Dog Eat Dog fans in the chat here because of, yep. because mm-hmm. Dave was on the show. Uh, uh-huh. By the way, who's the king? Um, so we had the pleasure of hearing brand new Dog Eat Dog songs on Sunday. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just want to say something. Yeah. Joe, back me up on this. I thought the song sounded fantastic, but let me just say something real quick to everybody in the chat. Don't expect another All Borough King, but because they're in a different stage of their life now. But my God, there are some great tracks that they played, especially Energy Rock. This album's going to be amazing. I can't wait to see New Doggy Dog for the first time in like 17, 18 years or something ridiculous like that. Uh, I'm telling you, it's going to sound great. But like I said, don't expect All Borough Kings Part 2. This is a different Doggy Dog, but you guys are going to love it. You know who wrote most of the material on Oroboro Kings, right? Was it Dave? Dan Nastasi. Oh, okay, okay. So All Dan right. Nastasi's in, in Kings Never Die now. And yep. well, Dan, Dan wrote that stuff. That's why Kings Never Die has a lot of doggy dog kind of hooks in it and stuff. Yes. You, yeah. know, you know, that's that's some real Dan Nastasi style. Oh, no, I don't feel so good. Well, keep that's like... That's that Dan style songwriting, and uh, so Dan, yeah, Dan's not Dan. Dan didn't write the new stuff, um, but you know those guys got their thing going on, and good for them. I, you know, I'm, I'm I really I love those guys, man. Oh yeah, yeah, they're truly great, great people. And like I said, Joe, we we had a blast, didn't we? We did. We definitely did. And I, I appreciate you guys coming all the way down from Syracuse for. Yeah, it, yeah. No, I'm sorry if we caught you off guard, Drew. <laughs> Oh, it was great. It's great. It was pretty funny. I'm just like, I'm like, hey, Drew, we did our homework. And, and then I'm like, we're, we're stoked for Thursday. Well, well, like, I, well, I told you. Well, I told you. Listen, I'll come on your show, <laughs> but, like, do your fucking homework. You know, yeah. because I, I've been on other shows before, and, like, don't bring me on your fucking show if you don't even know who the fuck I am. Yeah, you know? yeah. No, no, no. Well, well, I've, been, like, I've been a fan for a minute, Drew, so... Well, 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 and I wasn't directing that at you. I mean, in general, I, I went yeah. on one show and like this one guy like didn't watch any of my films, didn't really do his homework. It's like, come on, man. I, you know, like you guys put in a lot of hard work for the show. When I do my show, I fucking work at it. I, 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 I know. Yeah. And you go for like two, three, four hours. Like I'm like, damn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, 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 I'm used to it at this point. I, I have, I have a format that works for me. Like this is. This is this is like my mind keeps playing tricks on me because I'm so used to I'm, I have my hand on the mouse and yep. I'm like ready to like move the windows and bring in pictures and it's like I'm a guest on this show I'm not I'm not <laughs> I know the feeling I know the feeling I'm I'm just operating off a laptop by the way shout out to Eli Rex New York City Staten Island guy good to see you here buddy thanks for your support right. um, Staten Island. Yeah, Eli. yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he also, Eli's a huge, uh, he's a huge hip hop guy too. I was, I was like, Tom, like this guy's worked with Onyx. <laughs> mm. um, Onyx, run. What did I do? I did Onyx, Run DMC. Yeah. I did. Um, well, I mean, and then, and then I worked on. I, oh, I worked on. I worked with Eric B and Rakim early on, on the early Eric B and Rakim videos. Nice. Um, a Big Daddy Kane, um, Salt and Pepper. Uh, what's oh, his name? What's his name with the with the patch, um, uh, with the eye patch? Uh, Slick Rick. You yes. know, this is all early, early. I was around, I was involved early on with with um, 
the real early early hip hop, New York hip hop stuff. Now I gotta ask here, uh I gotta throw this out there because they they've been part of the, the hardcore scene early on. Beastie Boys. Yeah. Uh, have you uh, have you worked? Have you are done? You asking, are you asking? Are you asking my opinion? <laughs> well, well, no. I just I ask if you have you done work with the Beastie Boys and had, and obviously you must have been there before they, before like the early days when they, they were still like a punk band before they went hip hop. I'm just curious because uh, you, you know you, you must know have I been never um, I never worked with them. Um, I, I we we we, we would have liked to, but you know the Beastie Boys went. This is my take on it. Yeah. They went they went from being like a really silly, not very good hardcore band to sorta of getting in at the ground level of the hip hop thing and patterning patterning themselves after run DMC and they wanted to be the white run DMC. And that shit was like I looked at that, I thought it was really goofy, you know? And silly. Um yeah. but then like but then license to ill came out and just changed everything. You know? Oh, yeah. So you know, they, they kinda went from I I didn't think they were, I thought they were like a silly, like goofy hardcore band that, you know, I like, you know, I came up like the hardcore bands that resonated for me were like minor threat, negative approach, yes. early black flag, bad brains. Like this is the, they, like the real SSD control, di you know, shit like discharge. Like the Beastie Boys were like, they were like a, kind of a joke to me, you know, like I. I wow. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm a little surprised by your take, just because you know, you know, they're Brooklyn guys, you know, and whatnot. So they just, were, they were, they, they were, they were. Um, I just thought it was silly and childish and goofy, and you know, and also, you know, you gotta, you gotta understand, and, and I'm sure this, this is still very much, still very much uh, the case, is that back then, you know, I came in in the first wave. So you're looking at kids that are a couple years younger than you. That that's like like what was three years back then felt like you know like ten years, you know. Yeah. So you know I, I they just weren't a band early on that was like, yo, we gotta go see the Beastie Boys at A7. They're awesome. No, <laughs> it was we gotta go see the Bad Brains at fucking CVs. You know, like yes. that, that kind of shit. And then and then listen. Beastie Boys turned out to be extremely talented and did a lot of really, really great stuff. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not, um, you know, knocking them in any way, shape, or form. They, they, they. It's almost safe to say they almost changed the face of modern music with what they did, you yeah. know. But I'm just giving you my early sort of semi-ignorant take on things. Well, you, no, because you know? like I said, because I know their early history, they weren't a hip hop group; they were a punk group. So that's why I wanted to get your take on it. And then it was just—it's yeah, just, it was just well, kind of amazing. Well, they, 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 they went—they they went they, from they, opening with Madonna, Public Enemy, to Madonna. Like, like, how does there, that happen? There was two bands. There was two bands back then. Uh, th there was um, the Beastie Boys, right? And there was also the Young and the Useless. And the Young and the Useless had Adam Horowitz in it, Ad Rock. He played guitar in it. A um, couple other people were in it. Um, and then you had the Beastie Boys when they were hardcore band which had the two other guys in it, right? Michael Diamond and Adam Yauch. So what happened yeah. was, you know, those sort of two hardcore bands sort of collapsed and and Adam Horowitz, AKA Adrock, joined the Beastie Boys when they started doing the the, the hardcore stuff. And they, they connected with Rick Rubin and, and all that. Oh yeah, Rick Rubin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The world's well, most famous producer, pretty much. 
yeah. And you got to think of the different viewpoints too, because I mean, you got if you have somebody like you that grew up during the entire rise and fall and everything of yeah. of all these bands, and then you have people like us where we grew up in the, like the '90s. By the time yeah. we were going to shows, they were already incorporated. So yeah, yeah. So it's it's good to hear your take on it because yeah. we didn't live through that, you know. Yeah, and it's just and it's just my take on it, you know. I, I you know. I, you know, I, 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 I try very much not to be that like back in the day guy. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, yo, you know, because I, I firmly believe that, like, you know, this is back in the day right now, and and these yeah. these times are as relevant as anything else, you know, and, and like. You know, it really, it's really cringeworthy, I think, when people start in with that, yo, you know, shit today's, you know, back in the day when, you know, it's all, it's such bullshit, man. Yeah. You know, when people get into all that, you know, well, when I was doing it, like, you know, stay the fuck home. You know, there's, yeah. there's, there's plenty of people right now, plenty of kids that are having their glory days and having, you know, their moment right now. And, you know, I, I find that a lot of the people that carry on with that back in the day shit are people that don't have anything going on in the present or yeah. anything looking forward to the future. So it's like a big fish store. You know, we were the, don't, don't you know who we are? You know, we were the biggest band who like, we played my mother's garage three times and like, we were so important. And like, yeah, yeah, you got, yeah, you know, you got written up in a fanzine, but you know, it, 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 you know. But everybody, listen, everybody has their own, everybody has their own, you know, fantasy and their own take on things, you know? And, yeah. and one thing's for sure, you know, if you're doing it, you don't need to be talking about it. You're doing it, you know? So a lot of the people that I know that are out there making great art and doing great shit, they're not up there pontificating about it. They're letting their results speak for themselves. Yeah. Amen. All right, well, yeah. I want now I want to shift gears to your, some of your films and uh, on your most recent films. But before we get to that, Joe, let's just plug our upcoming shows real quick. All right. All right. All right. So, Joe, go ahead, man. What do we uh, our latest video, Joe? Go ahead. Yes, our Sonic food review of the Sonic G Fuel Energy Drink. Yes, <laughs> check that video out. We had a lot of fun making it. Uh, more food reviews on the way. Obviously, nerd related. And then, Joe, tomorrow night. Yes, tomorrow night we go back to Halo. Yes, 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. That's going to be on twitch.tv slash nerdcagelive or our sub-channel, Gaming. And then, Joe, shifting over to, to next Tuesday. Yes, next Tuesday we are going to be doing our video game console tier maker. No, 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 Tuesday. No, 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 the, the, the Link's Awakening. Oh, Link's Awakening. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I forgot that. Tuesday is Link's Awakening, our cozy stream. And then that Thursday. Thursday. Yes, that's our, our There we go. That Thursday will be our <laughs> video game tier maker with Fist Vegas, Shaquille O'Beal, and uh, Tabmock99. Yes, and then we're going to be taking the following week off. And then Thursday, uh, August 24th, Joe will be Sean Wick from JT is Reborn. Cannot wait, friend of the channel. And then Joe, Saturday the 26th. I turned 36. My God, am I that old? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we're going to be doing a watch party of Ready Player One. 
which is streaming on HBO Max. We cannot show the movie on screen due to copyright reasons, but we'll have a timer that's going to be synced up with the movie. And then finally, Joe, August 31st. Yes, the Jesus of Joe Blow. Celebrity <laughs> interviews. Jimmy O. Jimmy yes, o. Jimmy O from Joe Blow, movie critic and celebrity interview is going to be on August 31st. We are excited to have him on. I've been working with this guy for the last two years. We've never talked face-to-face before. Uh, yeah, Drew, I never told you. I work for Joe Blow Media uh, as a side gig. Um, so I, I edit celebrity interviews and I do videos for Joe Blow Media. It's been really tremendous. I've been, uh, I've been there almost two years now and I cannot I believe. What Joe, I don't know what Joe Blow Media is. Joe Blow. So they, they, they do movie reviews and so on. Hold so on, on. They, they interview celebrities. I'm, I'm looking it up. It's called Joe Blow Media. Yeah. Is that J O B L O? Uh, it's, uh, they're, they're out of Ca- uh, Montreal, Canada. And, uh, they saw Nerd Cage live and they hired me. So, like, yeah. So, uh, I've been working for them for the past two years. I make content for them. I edit content for them. Um, I just recently just edited an interview for, uh, oh, my gosh. who? I've done a bunch. I I did one with Kate Beckinsale. Yeah. I see. That's my side gig. I'm really proud to work with them. uh, Is that that car car stuff? Oh, uh, they did one video. They, they, uh, Jimmy drove the Porsche from the new Transformers movie. What, 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 what? Joe Blow Media? Yeah, Joe Blow. Uh, there's Joe Blow Originals, Joe Blow Movie Trailers, Joe Blow Horror. They, they have a bunch of, like, channels. Um, but I, I edit their celebrity interviews. And I actually... I'm, oh, I actually okay, I see. Channel. Joe Blow Horror, I see. Yeah, I, I work for them. And uh, the the owner, uh, Burge, he's from Montreal. And like I said, they they uh, they were hiring. They saw Nerd Cage, and they hired me. I couldn't believe it. It's a uh, dream come true. Wow, good for you. Yes. And one more thing I want to plug real quick, guys. If you want to support the channel, the best way to support the channel is if you purchase yourself a Nerd Cage Life t-shirt at our T-Punk. Link in the description. We have many designs here, including this, our regular shirt with the strength of geek knowledge on the back. Any size, any color. Hell, even in pink. We're going to go see the Barbie movie. And we even got the uh, the Pornhub design uh, for you hip-hop fans. We got the Wu-Tang design. <laughs> for you PlayStation fanatics, we got the PlayStation design. And of course, for your Mortal Kombat fanatics, we got a bunch of Mortal Kombat designs here. Uh, a whole bunch. Uh, we even have the Marvel Studios design. The, the Godzilla design. The Zelda design and more. Go to our, our T-Public link in the description. Listen, right if you're a skinny booty call or a fat fuck, we go from small mm-hmm. all the way to 5X. L. Alright? So get yourself a Nerd Cage Life t-shirt as well as stickers, magnets, and hell! Mike Lindell here for Nerd Cage Life Pillow! Get yourself a pillow! So, yeah. Uh, link in the description, everybody. you would be directly supporting us, and you're gonna love the way you look. I guarantee it. Prop your, gr- prop your girlfriend's ass up on that pillow. Do it. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> or your boyfriend, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it don't matter. <laughs> exactly. All right, so so Drew, can we talk about? Uh, so, so we're getting to nine o'clock here. So, uh, can we talk about uh, what your uh, two films real quick? Uh, the who the fuck is that guy? The Michael Lago story. Uh, by the yep. way, everybody, that movie's available to stream on YouTube, Tubi, Amazon uh, for free. So be sure to check that out. Um, yeah, yeah. But. Uh, Drew, uh, can I give us a little background on Michael Lago? Uh, and what's, uh, and what's the other film you want to talk about? 
Can we talk about Dick Dynamite just because? Oh, okay, 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 we'll talk about Dick Dynamite after. All right, so okay. who the fuck is that guy, The Fabulous Journey of Michael Lago? It's a film I directed. It's about a, it's about a uh, Hispanic gay kid from Brooklyn who grew up in a Hasidic neighborhood and went on to change the face of the music business. It's a really interesting true story uh, about a guy who uh, just loved music. He, he grew up in a challenging household and um, at a very young age, he um, he was sneaking out of his house and, and going down to Max's Kansas City and CBGB's to see music. And uh, he, beca he became the, he, he was the, uh, the head of the, the Dead Boys fan club. And then at a very young age, he became, uh, he wandered into a place called Web, uh, Webster Hall that was reopening as a place called the Ritz in New York City. I've been there. And uh, they hired him just because they loved his enthusiasm. And he ended up being the booker for the Ritz. And then at 21 years old, he got an A&R job at Electra Records. And incredibly, today, I was told, is the 40th, 40-year 40 anniversary of this magical night when he went to go see a band play, um, and he signed them, and it really changed the face of the music business. The first band that Michael Lago, at age 21, signed to Electra Records was a band called Metallica. And, uh, you know, which is interesting because I'm going to see Metallica play tomorrow with Michael Lago. So that's... that's Home pretty... of the Giants! Sorry, I'm a yeah, Giants I'm, fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, as you can see, I got the Wu-Tang Giants hat. And, Drew, yeah. that I helmet saw. right there is signed by the GOAT, Lawrence Taylor. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I wanted to go see Metallica, Metallica and Pantera at MetLife so bad. But I just that's tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. So, so Alago's a guy that I used to see around New York City all the time. Yes, I was about to ask. And you. I would, I'd like whether I was like down at CBGBs or backstage at you know whatever. I just kept seeing like this guy who was somewhat little out of place, somewhat because you know, uh, a, a, a sort of flamboyantly young, you know, gay guy, Hispanic gay guy, in a scene that was, you know, in lack of a better term, kind of homophobic. Um, and I would just see him anywhere, and I would just say, I would be like, who the fuck is that guy, you know? So, <laughs> so years and years later, I reconnected him when I was managing a band called Sub-Zero, and they went out in Europe with the Misfits, and we were all out together on the road, I was out there managing Sub-Zero, and Alago came out because he had just signed the Misfits to Geffen Records, and they did that American Psycho record on Geffen Records. So I sort of reconnected with, uh, that's when I really connected with him out on the road and got to know him a little bit. And then, you know, years and years went by, and I was, I was back in New York, and I directed a film called XXX All Ages XXX, the Boston Hardcore film, which is about the early Boston Hardcore scene. So I, I, I directed that film, and the film was doing its world premiere at the Boston International Film Festival, and Alago showed up. And I was like really, really humbled and really honored, and just like out of the blue. I mean, I wasn't even in touch with him, and he just like showed up. And I was, I was really taken aback by that gesture, and he loved the film. And, and, I, and I really, really appreciated it. And then um, that film was kind of running, running its course. And I was thinking about what to do, what I wanted to do next. And 
I went to a Cro-Mag show here in New York City and I was backstage and Alago was there and I saw Alago and I was talking to him and I, and I walked away thinking to myself, you know, that guy's got an incredible story and that would make an incredible, you know, documentary. So I reached out to him and uh, said, hey, I'd like to get together, you know, and talk to you um, about, about something. So he invited me over to his apartment and you know, I, I tell this story a lot. He says this, it's not the case, but this is the story that I like to tell, right? This is, this is my, in, in my world where like Spider-Man's in the Fantastic Four, this is like, this is, this is my version of it. So I go to Alago's apartment and, you know, he sort of doesn't know what, what is this? Like, you know, he has no idea. Is this like a sex thing? Is this like, <laughs> uh, like, what is this? So I walk down, you know, the hall, like, which is like a gauntlet of penises, because he collect, he has all this, uh, what's his name, Robert Maplethorpe um, photography, like all on the walls, all this like really homoerotic stuff. And I like, I walk, I walk the penis gauntlet and uh, I sit down with him and um, I start talking to him and I say, you know, I'd like to make a film, you know, a documentary about your life. And we start talking about it. And we start, we start talking and, and, and this and that. And the conversation goes on for a while. And at a certain point, he says to me, he goes, I just love music. And like, in that moment, it was like, it hit me right between the eyes, you know? It was like, I just had this like, this, this fucking flash. And it was like, I know who this guy is. This is the kid that I went to, to high school with growing up in the Bronx. I know who this person is, and I have no fucking doubt that I could tell the story and do it justice. And like all in, in like one did. moment. Like, you absolutely yeah, and, did. And, yeah. And, 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 you know, the story goes from there. You know, we, we decided to make the film. We started a Kickstarter thing. A lot of people came on board. Uh, financially supportive. Cindy Lauper came on board. Rob Zombie came on board. Jesse Mallon came on board. You know, because they love him. And 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 you know, he signed Metallica. He signed um, White Zombie. You know, and, and, and a lot of, and a lot of other things. You know, Metal Church and 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 just just a lot a lot of other things. And um, you know, they people wanted to support him and and see him. And, and all these people are in the film. All the Metallica guys, Rob Zombie, Sean from White Zombie, uh, Doyle from The Misfits, uh, you know, uh, Cheetah Chrome from The Dead Boys, uh, Cindy Lauper is in the film, John Lydon from The Sex Pistols. Sex Pistols, yeah. Yeah, is in the film. So we do the Lago film, and um, it, it turns out, it turns out um, being uh, really successful. And it goes to Netflix for three years. And um, it really, it really put me on the map. But I tell you, as that film was winding out, and it was, it was, it, you know, these fucking films take a long time to get done. And I yeah. spent a, I spent a year, one year of my fucking life, um, clearing the music and the photos and the footage. One year, you know. So while that was going on. I, I was getting really frustrated, and and so I started another film, and this film happened quick, and that's the New York Hardcore Chronicles film. Yes, and that film 
happened while the Alago film was going on, and it got to the point, it got to the point that while I was sort of interviewing certain people for the Alago film, when I was done, I would interview them for the New York Hardcore Chronicles film. Yes, like, by the way, everybody, the I played those trailers at the beginning of the show. I'm gonna play the trailers at the end of the show. And if you wanna watch these films, I actually happen to have the links to both of those movies in the description. Everyone, check those movies out. I promise you. They're absolutely but enjoyable. They're uh, on Amazon. If they're on Amazon, if you look up a something to watch, watch who the fuck is me. Watch who the fuck is that guy? The fabulous journey, Michael Lago, the New York Hardcore Chronicles film. There's there's a sort of alternate version of it on there too, called the New York Hardcore Chronicles film 1.5. There is um, XXX All Ages, XXX the Boston Hardcore film, and um, so yeah, so so that's the case. Um, so yeah, I mean, I could go on about that film for probably another 20 minutes. Yeah, so, no, no, it's, uh, they, they were yeah. great. By the way, I also want to point out too, uh, I don't want to spoil too much because you guys have to see it, but there are some really brilliant animated segments. Yeah, there's some great animation in it. I yeah. laughed yeah. my ass off. Okay, guys, yeah, you, have, shit, you have to see it. I'm not going to say, I won't I gotta say. Put, I got to put some animation in this new Biohazard film, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Listen, I got. I'm just gonna say this right now. You're right here. Whoever did the animation for for the Michael Lago film, you need to get that same person to animate for that Biohazard film that you're working yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> but Tom yeah, Tom. yeah. But yeah, guys. Yep. The links are in the description, and I will play those trailers. I'll gladly play these trailers for you at the end of the show, guys. Uh, yep. Highly recommend. Again, uh, I, I I just want to just put my stamp of approval. Like I said, I had a blast watching it again. You had you had. Metallica, Cindy Lauper, Mina from Life of Agony. I mean, the list yeah. goes on. I mean, Joe, help me sell this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was I was watching it at work, and I had people crowding around like, what is this? <laughs> you know, so. It's a, it's in a oh, thank yeah. you. It's in a detaining. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm like really, I said, highly I'm recommend really from Nerd Cage Live. Go watch it. Like I said, the link is in the description. Uh, um, all right. So, uh, okay. So, it's 9-11 here. Let's, I want to shift gears one more time here, Drew. Uh, so well, you're yeah, hosting... the, Dick, the, the Dick Dynamite thing. Yes, exactly. That was, yeah, Dick Dynamite. Yeah, yeah let's talk about. Uh, for those so, who missed it, I so played it early on. So here's the, here's the five minute monologue on Dick Dynamite. Dick Dynamite 1945 is a really fun film. It's sort of like Inglorious Bastards meets The Walking Dead. You know, it's like a crazy, wild, you know, gory, zombie type of film. It, it's pretty wild. It's directed by a guy named Robbie uh, Davidson, uh, known as uh, uh, Steed. And um, he was the guitar player in a band called The Exploited. And he, and another connection with Biohazard, he was a touring guitar player in the band Billy, Billy Bio, which is Billy from Biohazard, right? Yeah. So, so Robbie um, directed the film Dick Dynamite. He came across my radar screen um, I had him as a guest on my show. And uh, he was on the New York Hardcore Chronicles Live, and we really connected. He's an independent filmmaker. I'm an independent filmmaker. I saw what he did with his film. I loved it. I had him on the show. You know, we, we, we chatted up this and that. And then I have a film script called Finders Keepers. It's been around for a long time. And it's, it's been in a rewrite. You know, it's been rewritten a couple times, and it's getting closer and closer. And I feel like at that point, which wasn't too long ago, um, I want to create alliances with this film. I want to get this film done. And I can't make a feature film by myself, you know? Um, 
So I ended up creating an alliance with, with, with Robbie um, and him and his two cinematographers, uh, Ian and Sandy, are, are coming aboard uh, my film Finders Keepers and they're coming to New York four weeks from tomorrow and we're doing table reads with some actors you know, including a lot of guys we've talked about on the show who are, who, are, who are reading to be in the film. And we're going to be doing um, location scouts, lo location scouting locations. And while they're here, there's a screening of Dick Dynamite 1944 at the Nighthawk Cinema in Brooklyn. I am hosting, I am moderating the Q&A with Robbie and Vinny Stigma, who's in the film, and and um, the, the actor who plays Dick Dynamite. So. Dick Dynamite is not my film per se, but I'm involved with it somewhat. There's a screening, and I love the film so much, I have the guys involved in my kind of dream film, you know, because you got to have a dream, as my dad would say, um, which is Finders Keepers. So I hope that makes sense. Yeah, no, I'm actually really excited. I'm, I'm actually strongly thinking about going to the... Uh the screening for this movie. I'd like to, if I can make it happen, I'm yeah. going to, but I, I was blown away by that trailer. Not that it was really well shot, but all the familiar faces, oh, yeah. like you said, Vinny Sigma, Joey Z, who's been on the show before, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I'm like, we're, we're excited for this movie. And by the way, I'm a huge fan of, you yeah, know, yeah, that film is right. That film, that film is right down your alley. You guys yeah. would love it. Um, yeah, no, we're I excited. Hope, I hope you could come down. I think it is a Thursday night, and I know coming down from Syracuse on a fucking Yeah, and I work, me and Joe, we work weird schedules, so uh, trust yeah. me, I want to. I really do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, so that, that's what's happening. That's what's up with Dick Dynamite, you know? Okay, well, we're excited. And by the way, guys, we will play that trailer at the end of the show. So listen, the bar's closing, so if anybody has some questions for Drew, now's your chance. I happen to have a question for you, Drew, real quick. Get weird. Get weird. Yes, get, get weird. Okay, so my first question for you, Drew. Um, what, you have to, uh, in any order, what are your three favorite movies? And it's not a question that I haven't been asked 300 fucking times before. <laughs> I, I'm um, dying wait, to know. Hold on. Can I get the list? Can I get my list up? So, yeah. So, so, um, <laughs> so I'm not forgetting anything? Hold on. Yeah, uh, Drew's holy trinity of movies. <laughs> yeah, hold on. Gotta find it. Make them spicy, people. Now's your chance. Like I said, the bar is closing, so we're gonna whip some questions at Drew. I don't know what I have it. I have it movies? Films? Top 10 films? Let me see. Top 10 films? Or am I gonna have to just wing it? Fuck. Let's see. Huh. Yeah, I guess I'll just have to wing it. Hold on. Right. One more try. Yeah. Every, everything else is uh top ten films, maybe? Alright, yeah, it's not uh damn. Alright. Um I'd say probably my, I've been asked this many times. Uh, my favorite film that I go with, my go-to is Shawshank Redemption. Um, it's just a film that um, really, really uh, speaks to me and resonates with me. Um, it's incredibly directed by Frank Darabont, which is probably why I was such a fan of The Walking Dead early on, 
because you know he he was the guy who brought the walking dead uh that first season uh which is incredible you know uh, to the screen but i just love that film i love the acting i love the way it's shot um it's just it's just a really a really touching film um i'd also say uh you know in in, in uh what other films are really oh a, a film called fitzcarraldo which is a, i'm a big werner herzog um fan next to my dad as a filmmaker probably he's my biggest influence as a filmmaker and nice. the film fitzcarraldo the film fitzcarraldo i know it seems like an obscure obscure weird film a lot of people out there haven't heard of it but um i highly recommend it it's an incredible story um about just making your dreams come true and at any cost and 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 it's more important to see your dream happen than you know what your like financial gain might be or or whatever and it's about living your dreams and making it happen and that's always been a, that's always a theme that really that re, that really resonates uh yeah. with me um let's see you know what wh there's other things there's other things that have had huge influences on me you know like um the original Planet of the Apes film. Yes! A huge influence. I um, love those movies. I love um, those movies. All of them. Um, yeah. Uh, Road Warrior, the film Road Warrior was yes. big for me. Uh, Jaws was big for me. Um, but, it's, but but yeah, th that, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, it's a great film uh, that's coming up in my head that, that was like a really, as far as like great filmmaking goes, uh, Saving Private Ryan. Oh, that's um, a good one. What, what, was was an incredibly well-made, emotional film that that really. Oh, you know what film I love? You know, you know, and it, 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 it could slip in. It could, if you said like top five, it might be number five for me. Um, the film Almost Famous. Oh, that's mm -hmm. a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, um, yeah Francis film, McDermott. That's a, film, yep. that's a film that really spoke to me. Uh, it's done well. Cameron Crowe directed it. Yep. Uh, there's a lot of real there's a lot of real life stuff in there there's stuff in that film that that i i've actually lived so like seeing something like that is like you, you know like there's scenes in that film that like i i lived that i did that i i like i was there i spoke those words so that film really really like and i also love that film because um it's young people playing it's young people playing um young people playing young people and like yeah. you know it's, it's not fucking madonna playing a fucking high school student or something you know yeah uh, uh just so you know drew we we did a uh retrospective of that movie uh on nerd cage i will send it gladly send it to you okay uh, yeah. i that was, and that was my first time watching it at the time too we did like the 20th anniversary of that yeah. film um but yeah, that's a, that's an excellent, excellent film. Uh, and like I said, shout yeah, out yeah. to Cameron Crowe who done a, you know he did uh, singles. So, and... so you know, you know, what, oh. you know, there's just a, there's just there's just a bunch of them. You know, like th that kind of stuff. And and uh, but yeah, yeah, that's and then there's this stuff like a lot of the the Scorsese stuff. Oh and, yeah, uh, got it know, from Coppola. New York. You know, I mean, there's like like that's the kind of shit growing up like with my dad. Like those kind of films, I you know watched The Godfather with my dad hundred a hundred times, you know this yeah. stuff I watched with my dad growing up a lot of seventies movies like so, those are, those are cherished cherished memories you know for me. Yeah. God bless your dad. I watched your interview. Uh, the man just turned ninety. Like wow, like ninety. Drew, he you was, are absolutely he, lucky. He, to... executive, he executive produced. I have a film right now that's doing the film festival circuit. 
It's yeah. called the Jews. In, it's called the Jews and the Blues. It's about it's about you know sort of like my musical journey uh, that that turns into uh, a bit of a spiritual journey. Journey. It's doing film. It's doing film festivals right now. Um, um, and uh, it's gonna end up streaming soon. But that's nice. the film that's like I have out there right now. And and my dad was the executive producer on that. So that was oh, cool. that's wonderful. Uh, Joe, there's a right. Joe, fetch that yeah, question there. A couple questions. Um, RS70 asks, uh, will there be any street bike warriors on the Chronicles? Yeah, you know, it's a great question. Um, it's, it's, it's odd because I had a whole career, and, and actually, that's what that's what that is. Actually, that that's a, a plaque uh, from. I had a whole career. Something I don't talk about very much. Um, I had a whole career uh, directing extreme sports films, and I did. I did the whole, um, I did the, the, the film 12 o'clock, which was a, which turnkeyed the whole sport. And then I did all the urban street bike warrior films. So I, I did nine films in seven years. And this wow. was, this was sort of in this whole in-between sort of stage. And we don't talk about it very much on my show. There's not a lot of overlap between sort of like when I, when I, when I lived that life, like people didn't know me for the musician hardcore stuff or anything. And now that I'm sort of been back in New York in the hardcore thing, not a lot of people connect me with the street bike thing. You know, it's sort of like a chapter of my life that, that doesn't like get a, a lot of um, airplay or talk, but I've talked about having an urban street bike warriors reunion on as one of my shows and bringing on some of the main guys, like the main, main guys like this dude, Chris Teach McNeil actually still he he rides for BMW, and and still to this day, I mean I, I mean he was a street rider and he made a career of it. He fucking rides for like BMW, you know. And um, you know one guy Kyle Woods is a stuntman in nice. Hollywood. So so it is a cherished um, you know uh, era of my life, and I'm so appreciative that that I had that run. Uh, it was great. It really, it was incredible. It brought me around the world. It put me on the map. And uh, so, yeah, we, yeah, RS, we need to do an Urban Street Bike Warrior reunion show on, on the New York Hardcore Chronicles Live. That's you know? awesome. I, I, and I just learned something new about you today, so that's awesome. All right, yeah, Joe, yeah, there's, yeah. there's another question. Okay, just a fair right. warning, Drew. Yeah, we have I a knew, lot of I gamers. Knew this question was going to come up. I no. knew this question was going to come up. Um, and I'm genuinely curious myself. Uh, do you or have you played video games, and what are some of your favorites? If so, you know, my, my my video game career is is fairly limited. Um, I don't I don't play video games right now, but you know I grew up in sort of the the classic era of, yes. of video games, and like you know for me you know those games you know like my favorite game was Defendar or Defendar. You know? Yes. Um, yep. I don't know. Is, yep. it, is it Defender or Defe Defender? It's Defender. Uh, it's Defender. But th yeah, that was a Midway slash Williams game. Same people that's made right. Mortal Kombat. Uh, that's, that's so yes, right. yes. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. So no, I, I'm always, a fan of Defender. We always called yeah. it, it Defender. Like that. That was big. I mean, you know, w when I grew up, I'm I'm a little bit older than you guys. You know, kind of a yeah. lot of this stuff did. I mean, at the time, that stuff didn't exist. You would have to go to an arcade. You know, I remember when we had. You know, you know, what we had we had Pong. You know what yes. <laughs> well, we, we had Pong. That was a big deal on the black and white TV. It was like, <laughs> yeah. you know, you, you like, you know, and like, you know, Pong, Pong was like, you know, a, a, a big deal. But 
I sort of when I when I I sort of phased out of it when I became a filmmaker somewhat. Yeah. Um, you know, um, and then things kind of came. You know, I understand. You know, and I and I respect people that have a love and a passion. You know, for gaming and stuff. But oh, yeah. it's just not it's not something I I like really. I didn't really re-enter. Uh, you know, uh, the the realm. So yeah. You know, I, I kind of figured, but still, it's awesome. <laughs> you know what I always you know what I always loved and I still do is pinball. And uh, yeah. you know, when when I go down to Florida to see my dad, there's the pinball hall of fame. I love. Oh, that's you know, cool. As, as a teenager, when I grew up, it, like we love playing pinball. You know. Oh, I got okay. Since so you brought pinball up, I gotta ask. Uh, over in Chicago, and I, I see Tab Monk in the chat. In Chicago, right. the Galloping Ghost Arcade, the biggest arcade in the world. Um, they have two. Yet. They have two sections. They have the the right. the, 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 the arcade game section, and they got the right. pinball section. Um, just wondering if you've ever been uh, to the Galpin Ghost Arcade, because you said you like pinball. No. I had to bring that up. Next time you're no, in Chicago, no. go to yeah. the Galpin Ghost Arcade. Go to the pinball section. I will. I, I I love playing pinball. Pinball's a big one. Like I said, in Florida, we go to the Pinball Hall of Fame, and and I always look for those pinball machines that like, you know, I spent the summer on. You know, like back then, you spent a summer on a fucking machine. Yeah. You know, yeah. with your friends gathered around fucking just you know fucking beating on a pinball machine so that that, that that was really you know you know my passion and and you know of course I, I like sports growing up you know I'm a new I'm a New York guy so you know and I know you're a giant fan and and I know it, it, it's the same thing it's like Yankees Giants yep. Rangers Knicks, Knicks. Yep, you know? yep that's me so, so those are yeah, my teams yeah. so that, that, and then the other hand you got you know Mets Jets Islanders Nets you know, yeah, so I got I, family I, in Long I, Island. They're Islanders fans. It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, so that's that, you know. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, next question I have here are, are you a fan of anime? Chase Miller's asked. Not really. I, I, I don't really know that much about it. Um, it's not my forte, so to speak. Um, like I said, I, I know people have a passion for it and love it. And I respect that. But it's just not something I'm very versed in. Like, All good. you know, I, I I could, you know, we could talk about like, you know, I was a big comic book collector as a kid, you know. Yes. Um, I actually that was well, what I, my question for you is. Yeah, uh, I was what? a Marvel Comics guy. You know, I love you know Marvel Comics um, growing up, and uh, you know, all that that universe really speaks to me. Um, but you know, that, that this is. This is like I've talked about, in, you know, this is the road that I went down, you know, music videos being in bands. Not that you can't be into that, too, but yeah. that was sort of like my 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 road, you know, uh, what's so uh, what did you say? Is your, what's your favorite comic book and, and what's who's your favorite comic artist and who's your favorite super Marvel hero? Well, when I was when I was collecting Marvel comics as as, as a kid and a young teenager, um, I think I really loved the Avengers. Um, nice. And there was there was a couple runs of the Avengers. You know, Neil Adams did the Avengers. You know, at, at a certain point, um, George Perez. Um, I, I love what he did with it. Um, we love we love the Hulk. You know, me and my good friend Mark Levine collected comics together. You know, we uh, you know we collected all those titles: the Hulk, the Avengers, the Fantastic Four, Spider Man, the X Men. Um, you know, just tons. But it's funny because I talked about this on my last show. One of my favorite titles in Marvel was a, a title called Kill Raven, Warrior of the Worlds. And uh, this was like a really off sort of 
like not a real popular comic, but but I really love that character and, and I love that that sort of world of his. Um, you know, and I, and I was you know I was a really big fan of of a lot of the the Marvel movies that yeah. came out for many years before they just really just turned into like you know animated video games. Yeah, you know, there was a point there was a point where there it was like they were kind of pretty great. But yeah. you know the last, you know, sort of the last couple I've seen have just been just all animated, sort of like silly, very, yeah. very silly, kind very formula. Yeah. You know, I loved. I, I thought that um, Avengers Endgame was really good. Yeah. You know, that was yeah. the second one, right? The second yes. one when Thanos. Yeah, yeah. Infinity War was the first one, and then uh, Endgame was the, the part two. Yep. I thought Endgame was great, and the reason I thought it was great was because. You know, it wasn't like the typical the good guys win. It was like the middle movie where like Thanos kills half the world and it was kind of fucked up. You yeah. know? I mean and then the third one was like, okay, back to the good, you know, we saved the world. But I love how like that movie was kind of fucked up. And I like and I and I, I like that, you know, but but you know, mov movies are tough these days, you know. I think that it's just they, every, you see movies now and they have to have you know they have to have this in it and they have to have that in it and yeah and it, it's just a sort of like yeah know. it seems like they're, they're who can use technology to outdo each other basically yeah yeah and, and there's so much forced stuff in it you know it's like well you have to have like you know you know you have to have this like totally diverse cast which is sort of like okay but for but sometimes it's like this is just sort of like so unbelievable yeah you know what i mean it's like a lot of people share that sentiment absolutely oh it looks like a connection error here and there's a lot is a lot of those there's a lot of those movies um that, that i enjoy you know yeah. we, you know i i i raised i raised I raised a kid and me and my my son used to we would go first day front row to all these for like 10 years nice you know? yeah so so yeah it was great yeah all right a couple more questions and i think we'll wrap it up yeah exactly um, and then i got a question and then we'll wrap it up so two questions and then i'll yeah, do June, my question doomzilla asks if you're a fan of kaiju stuff like godzilla and stuff like that or oh, well of course i'm, I'm of course i'm um is kaiju a reference to like the early godzilla stuff Yes. Uh, Kaiju is basically all giant monsters, so Godzilla, King Kong, that type of stuff. Yo, absolutely. I mean, I grew up on that stuff. You know, the the basic stuff. You know, this is this is stuff that was that was really really um, uh, big in my world. You know, uh, like I said, I'm a little bit older than you guys, but you know, growing up, the original Godzilla movies, Godzilla vs. the Smog Monster, Godzilla vs. King Kong. Wow! Godzilla, <laughs> Godzilla, you know, Godzilla Rodan, Godzilla vs. you know, uh, Mothra. You know, those first ten Godzilla movies or fifteen, those were like you know staples. Uh, you know, growing up. That, that you'd watch again and again and again. So, you know, and, and all that kind of funky shit. Battle of the Gargantuans. Yes! You know, yes! Um, you know, like, <laughs> all, all that stuff, you know, all, all that all that stuff was was was, was big, uh, big in my world. And, and, you know, that kind of segues into the early horror films. Yeah, there you go. Into the early horror films that, you know, really um, uh, touched me as, as a kid. Night of, the, Night of the Living Dead. You know, yes. it, terror, it terror from you know outer space and shit like that. You know, you know, like like you know, I, I remember growing up, we had a black and white TV. 
You know, it was like yeah. I, I had a black and white TV growing up, you know, so yeah. So like all that stuff. But but again, I gotta say, like, yo, it's painful to sit through a fucking Godzilla movie now. You know? <laughs> they, they, they pretty much suck. I mean I mean, yeah, there's moments and you want it to be great and like you know, there's nothing worse than when you see a, when, when when you see a movie and like you just like you're trying to convince yourself that it's good and it's great. <laughs> and like, you know, I see I see a lot of things like you know, and, and like they're just not good. You know, and none of those God, new Godzilla movies I thought were, were like, yeah, they might have had a moment here or there, but yeah, they got they got way off track with what kind of yeah. like, you know, I want to see Godzilla like fucking shit up, you know, mm-hmm. and like you know, and you know things are things that. You know, you know, some movies make it through that, that are like, okay, like, you know, listen, let me flip it on you guys. Yeah. Like, what are you guys, like, what are you guys watching? Like, like, what do you, uh, you guys, you guys, like, uh, you know what, hold on, you know what, me and my gal are watching The Witcher. You guys watch The Witcher on Netflix? Joe has. Yeah. I have. And I've, and I've played the game, so. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we, we're really enjoying The Witcher right now. Um, It's really sort of, this third season's really, um, kind of complicated and conv- a little hard to follow yeah um, but but you know we're really enjoying that you know we're real fans of of, of the original the lord of the rings movies we love that we love that stuff you know those movies okay well, let's take a step back you want to talk about some great movies yeah fucking those those first three lord of the rings movies yes. uh, were, were by peter jackson those were just done really well and 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 they don't look they don't look and act like a fucking video game you know yeah. Um, they're great. You know, I'm, 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 I'm a big fan of, of that stuff. So, so we're really, we're really enjoying that stuff. Um, so, you know, I, I guess I'm somewhat involved, you know, on the, uh, the chat just uh, lit up here. You made everybody's I day know. today. <laughs> like, they were just waiting. Cause we don't, we, we, me and Joe kind of knew that question was coming. Cause I, cause our, we know who our audience yeah. is and whatnot. Uh, yeah, j- and j- j- and the last question I have here um, is from RS70 again. It's uh, with your 300th uh, New York Hardcore Chronicles coming up, who would you, the ultimate guest be? Well, we've talked about this a couple times. Yep. Uh, Henry Ro- Henry Rollins, uh, Ian McKay, you know, for Minor Threat, uh, Ice-T, um, Maybe uh, Ray Capo from Youth of Today. Nice. You know, those, those, those are kind of the, the the four. Oh, John Brandon from Negative Approach. Like, oh, that'd be great. Th- th- those are those are like those are like my, you know, big. Those are the big scores. I mean, I think Henry Rollins. I'd really like. I'd really like to. Uh, that would be to talk insane. To yeah. That, like I cannot Henry. wait for that conversation. Yeah, yeah. I like. I'd like to get Henry Rollins on the show. Okay, so, okay. so there's that. You know, like. You guys know, I mean, getting guests on a show, yeah, you know, it's tough. Sometimes it, sometimes it comes, it comes in waves. You know, yep. you, you go bang, 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 and then, you know. But I'm fortunate, you know, with my show, people um, want to come on my show. People know about my show, and and and, and you do a and, fantastic and, and, job. And, Let me just, I'm just gonna sell it real quick, guys. Subscribe to Stone Films NYC. Tune into New York Hardcore Chronicles. Guest after guest after guest. You name it. Uh, you got. I'm telling you, you gotta see this show. It's and, and I've I've been a fan for a minute here, and the fact that you're able to come on our show, it's just been a real honor. Well, thanks. It's, it's 
Are we so done? my last okay, question okay. to you, Drew, and I ask this question to every guest on NerdCage Live, I'm asking you, Mr. Drew Stone, would you like to come back again on NerdCage Live? Of course, it, of course. You guys, you guys are great, and, and, you know, I really appreciate your enthusiasm, you know? And oh, you yeah. guys do your home, you guys do your homework, and, and, and that means a lot to me. Hey, you know, let, me talk, let me talk about this before the show. You guys support me, and like, you guys support me, you know what? I'm gonna fucking support you, because that's how it works in my world. You know, you guys were down at the show on Sunday, um, you saw my band play, you came all the way down from Syracuse. That means the world to me, and that shows a lot. It shows a lot of character. So, you know, I, I, you know in my world, the way it works, it, it's an old, it's an old hardcore DIY thing. Yeah. You know, if you want to support, if you want somebody's support, get the fuck out and support them. Yes, and as you always say, Drew, do good things, and good things will good come things to you. Will come to you. Absolutely. Yes. All right. Drew, this has been, an, uh, we had an absolute blast, man. We could, we could go on and boy, on and boy, on, but I respect fast. everybody's time. You you know, so. That was an hour and a half, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, again, thanks so much, uh, Drew. I want to give you the floor real quick. Just go ahead and promote your upcoming shows. I have them all queued up sure. here. Sure. Well, thanks, everybody, for the support. Um, check out my show, The New York Hardcore Chronicles Live. It's on YouTube. A lot of music people and, and artists and this and that. Check out my films that are all on Amazon. Uh, who the fuck is that guy? The Fabulous Journey of Michael Lago. The New York Hardcore Chronicles films. XXX, All Ages, XXX, The Boston Hardcore Films. Just go in there, punch in Drew Stone. You know, it'll come up. Uh, thanks for supporting my band, uh, you know, Incendiary Device. We have a record coming out on Bridge Nine Records in a couple of months. And, uh, you know, that's it. You know, just, just thanks so much for letting me uh, live my dream as an independent uh, filmmaker, uh, as a musician, as an author, and much more. So thanks a lot, everybody. I appreciate it. Yep, and check out these upcoming shows. Uh, Vic Bondi, Evo, uh, Don Capra, the talk uh, Scorsese films, uh, Dave Tree. Uh, go, go to the New York Hardcore Chronicles. Also, he's got a, a Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Links are in the description, people. Thank you so much. Um, and thanks, and, thanks to everybody in the chat room. Yes. Um, you guys were wonderful. And watching the show and, and, and typing things out and, and, and keeping us engaged. So that means a lot. I, I appreciate it. All right, Joe, go ahead. Uh, plug in social media for NerdCage, man. All right, if you want to get us on Twitter or Instagram, both handles are at nerd underscore cage. Our link to our Discord is in the description. Become a member there as well. And our Facebook discussion group that is Nerd Cage Nation. We love everything you guys put up there. No spoilers, no politics, and for God's sakes, keep it civil. Yes, absolutely. This has been a real treat having Drew Stone talk movies and music with us. I mean, we cannot wait to have him back on. Uh, and uh, again, back. I'm just going to say one last you know time. What? You know, yo, we'll come back and we'll do sports next time. Oh, fuck yeah. yeah. Let's do it. There let's fucking go. do it. Let's <laughs> let's do it. And we, we also have some sports people that we work with, too, in the YouTube community. So, yeah, that could be a lot of fun. Also, guys, just a quick reminder. Check out the New York Hardcore Chronicles film and the Who the Fuck is That Guy, the Michael Lago story. The link is in the description for those movies. I'm going to play those trailers on our way out the door, guys. So stick around for these awesome trailers. And again, we produce... Good night, Syracuse. Good night, yes. Syracuse, New York, wherever you are. Yes. So we pray peace. Ask you to like, comment, subscribe, ring that bell, and spread that shit like syphilis. So the USA, from yours truly, Syracuse, New York, Manhattan, New York City, to all of our friends around the, around the world, at Nerd Cage Live and Stone Films NYC. As always, enjoy life. Stay safe. 
Eat your vegetables, do your push-ups, go to the gym! <laughs> and good night! Ooh, trying to get out of the nerd cage, are ya? Well, before you go, hit that subscribe button! And if you're really intrigued, ring that bell! Thank you for dropping by. Until next time, tell everyone you know about Nerd Cage Live! <laughs> Ha 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 ha!